Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800 State Farm. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit acardinals.com slash podcasts. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Week one for the Arizona Cardinals was fill in the blank. Okay, I'll go. A supersized role reversal, as in the Chiefs just did to the Cardinals what the Cardinals did to the Titans to open last season, a KCKO. And that old line about how there's no second chance at a first impression, isn't that how the line goes, Wolf, something like that? Yeah, Polly, you know how uh, bad you are at first impressions. You know, Polly, that That's you know, because it's not really true in the NFL when both number one seeds last year got destroyed in season openers. So you know what? In the NFL, that axiom does not hold true. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just saying, though, Polly, sometimes you go to parties, some of these social events, Polly, and then suddenly it blows up in your face because you make awful first impressions right there. It's okay, Polly. I mean, your second impression is much better than your first. Let's hope the same thing happens for the Arizona Cardinals. In a matter of moments, Ron Wolfley, and it's not a moment too soon, you will get dorched. Greg Dorch, (laughs) our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. In fact, tonight brought to you by Fine Dominion of Americans. Yours truly and uh, Greg Dorch, and we'll get into all that. But first, let's talk about what exactly happened in the season opener. Um, There are two kinds of people in this world, Ron Wolfley, not to get all philosophical. There are those who use the snooze button and those who do not. And the Cardinals most definitely seemingly used the snooze button in week one, and here's hoping they wake up in week two. Yeah, Paul, I'm with you on that. Um, Listen, this should be a wake-up call to them. I don't know why, though, you'd go out in week one, at home where you know you've struggled to play well, and then you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, everybody, it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid over there, and a lot of other very, very talented human beings. And why you wouldn't come out with a sense of urgency and intensity, I... I Honestly, I mean, hopefully that's going to be something that's going to be in the rearview mirror for this team going forward, and they're going to come out and ball out in Week 2 on the road where they've played well. Maybe they just sort of forgot what regular season football is all about, the intensity and urgency and energy it takes. I don't know because it's a great question. Obviously, you have a marquee opponent coming in. It's Week 1. You're at home. It counts, the whole thing. Um but here's Kyler Murray after a 44-21 home loss to the Chiefs. When you get beat like that, you know, at home, uh, game one, yeah, it's got to be a wake-up call for whoever, you know, felt complacent or whatever um, internally. You know, you got to look in the mirror individually. And, um, you know, do you really want to be here? Do you really want to be great? Like, what, what, what drives you? Like, 
Um, those are the questions I feel like, you know, need to be asked. And there are a lot of questions coming out of that game in week one, are there not? Yeah, Paulie, there are, you know, and again, I was really, really disappointed after week one on the line of scrimmage and how the line of scrimmage fared. Um, I know that I'm old, Paulie. <laughs> I know it's old school. I know I'm a traditionalist. But my goodness, the physicality on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball was not what it needed to be. It was not. And I think J.J. Watt coming back is going to do an awful lot if, in fact, J.J. Watt is ready to play and able to play this Sunday. I think him coming back is going to have a huge impact on that front seven and how they're all going to play. Hopefully that's going to be the case. And also Justin Pugh and bringing back a guy that is a hardcore veteran, a guy that is a master technician, and a guy that makes their offensive line better. All it takes is one breakdown out of those five guys on the offensive line, and suddenly you can't run the ball the way that you want to be able to run the ball. Suddenly you can't protect your quarterback the way that you want to be able to protect your quarterback. And I think it was a meltdown of the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball because the Kansas City Chiefs, Paulie, you know they're going to be able to throw the ball. But when they can run the ball, Paulie, that opens up the entire playbook. When they had 33 first downs and 66 plays, let that hang in the air for a minute. So it was both sides of the ball. There's no question about that. The offensive line, you – when most of last season, and you most definitely saw it in the playoff game, where right guard was a liability. And then he went into this game where left guard was an issue. You had a third stringer in there, a guy who had played center almost the entirety of camp. So that was suboptimal, and Chris Jones and company took advantage of that, no question. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when you have guys saying that we got punched in the mouth, Devon Kennard yesterday, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray saying after the game as well, you can't feel yourself in this league. Yeah. You get embarrassed. Uh, obviously, there was more going on, and, and, and it demands a certain level of leadership. Uh, I mean, Wolf is a former team captain. I'm guessing you would agree with that. In fact, here's Zach Ertz uh, earlier today just when he's asked about his quarterback and, and, and what goes on beyond just the field. I mean, I definitely think he's more vocal, even after the game, when we got our bus kicked on Sunday. He was the guy going around in the locker room, kind of telling everyone, we're going to be all right, we're going to be all right. So for me, I think he's just taking that next step. Everyone wants to finish product in today's society, and that's just not reality. Everyone's got to grow up. That was yeah, Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz earlier today. I don't Your, your reaction to that, and, and how far does leadership go? Is that media speak, or is that a real entity? No, that is that is real, Paulie. This is the next step that Kyler Murray has got to take. Um, it's not just about walking around and building up your teammates or even walking around and holding your teammates accountable. It's not all of that. It really isn't. It's... It's actually doing. It's always going to be about doing first, Paul. And then you can say, but doing and saying is what leadership is all about. I know there are some guys that are really, really heavy on the doing part of it. And can I tell you right now, I think of Larry Fitzgerald. I think of Larry, um, the doing. He was heavy heavy on the doing. Larry would say, of course, from time to time, he was a leader so much of the time based on the example, the model that he set for everybody else. But he would speak up. And when Larry spoke from time to time, because it wasn't very often, man, I'll tell you what, people listened. But you have to do before you can say, and I think Kyler's already got that credibility 
that he can walk around and say, let's go, we're going to be okay. Uh, the good news, Zach Ertz was a full participant in practice oh, today yeah. with that calf injury. Uh, I was standing there. We were talking with J.J. Watt. He was limited today, but he was back on the field for the first time in recent memory. He said he's tracking, at this point tracking. He is hopeful of playing Sunday. So it certainly sounds like J.J. Watt and Justin Pugh said he is hopeful and hopefully tracking towards playing on Sunday. And obviously that's a big three if the Cardinals get all those guys back in the lineup. Yeah, oh my goodness, that would be huge. It really would. Um, First of all, offensively to get Justin Pugh back because that offensive line needs him as their left guard. But then Zach Ertz as well. That to me says, okay, what were we really missing in the first week of the season? Well, the Cardinals were missing a lot of things, but 12 personnel and a lot of 12 personnel where you've got one back and two tight ends and Max Williams being one of those one of those stud tight ends and then having Zach Ertz as the move guy. The wide receiver room has been a little nicked up. Cannot wait to talk to Greg Dorch. Um, but it's been a little nicked up for the most part right now. Hey, you know what? Go with 12th and have Zach Ertz as that move tight end who's really a lot more wide receiver than he is tight end. That is a personnel group you could use, and I think we'll use that this week against the Raiders and move the ball. Hey, Zach Ertz looked really good to start Cardinals camp, so here's hoping he's fully healthy, ready to go. Episode 41 of the Dave Pash Podcast, ready to go, featuring NBA and Blazers superstar Damian Lillard. Uh, what's the bet that's on the line here in week two? Lillard is a huge Raiders fan, so if the Cardinals win, uh, Dame has to wear a Kyler jersey into the arena on a game night. And then what does Dave have to do if the Cardinals lose, Wolf? Um, enter the black hole, Paul. Paint his face <laughs> like a member of the black hole. Oh, that, that could be good. A little gentleman bet on the line there. All right, hey, forget about the measurables of our next guest. You know what? You measure the impact of Greg Dortch. That's right. Next, we get Dortched on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Fires over the middle. Caught by Dortch at the 30-yard line. Turns right to the 25 and dropped at the 22. Greg Dortch looks left. Now loads up, goes deep, lobs it to the right side. Caught by Dortch over the DB. Moving the pocket to the right. Looking, throwing on the run. Into the end zone, beyond the pylon. Touchdown, Greg Dortch. A Tennessee, you got Dortch. Snap to Murray. Straight drop back, guns it over the middle deep, has pulled in for a first down in Kansas City territory at the 35-yard line by Greg Dortch. It's a gain of 24 and a first down. Hey, make plays, make the team. Just that simple. And look, there are different ways to make an NFL team. Right, Wolf? Last week we had Jalen Thompson, who's right now the only active player on a 53 in the NFL who came via the supplemental draft. That was Jalen Thompson. A, that was last week. This week, we have a player who's on his fifth team, and I'd say he's here to stay after he was the Cardinals' <laughs> leading receiver in week number one. Greg Dorch is our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and Greg Dorch. How we doing, Greg? What's up, man? Glad to be here. The uh, I tell you, you just got out of meetings, right? You had meetings... How tough is that? I mean, you got out of college, right? Yep. You know, and then I, and then you have meetings in the NFL. Uh, is there any comparison whatsoever? Uh, is, does it truly feel like a job when you're sitting in some of these meetings? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, 
So we had walkthroughs um, after practice. Um, like as soon as practice is over, we have a walkthrough. And then we lift and we eat, um, get treatment, and then we go through two, three hours of meetings, and then we have another walkthrough um, at the end of the day before we go home. So um, just getting accustomed to that, and um, it definitely feels like a job. I mean, it is a job. We get paid a lot of money, but um, we definitely put the work in, and um, it shows off on Sunday. So, Greg, Wednesday and Thursday, obviously, big game plan days as you're preparing throughout the week right here. What what do you specialize in? Do you do anything like red zone on a Wednesday? When do you run red zone offense or or rundown situation offense yeah. or third and obvious? Do you do it every day? Uh, well, on days like this, Thursdays, we focus on third down and red zone. Um, the earlier during the early days during the week, um, we do the base installs and the first down, first first and second down passes. Um, but as you get on through the week, um, we focus on red zone and third down. Yeah. So. Um, those are the most important downs in the NFL, man. You make plays on third down, you keep the sticks moving. Um, that's how you win games. So, well, yeah, no doubt about that. But in in regard to the red zone, what is the conversation offensively with you guys in regard to the red zone, and how do you fit into that, Greg? Yeah, it's just all about being decisive, um, giving Kyler a, an option to look at um, somebody he's comfortable um, throwing to, just just being in the right spots at the right time so he can make the throw. He's, he's not second-guessing where you're going to be. Everything happens faster down there, so um, just being precise. Vance Joseph talked today about rookies earning his trust. As a receiver, you have to earn the trust of the quarterback, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Not even not even just Kyler, but Cliff. Um, he, he's the shot caller. He calls the play, so if he's comfortable putting you in there and um, comfortable in you that you're going to make a play, then um, you got it. You know, when you make plays, this is something that you do, Greg, man. <laughs> really, really impressed. You're 5'7". <laughs> I can't even. Yeah. You're 5'7 and explosive. Why does 5'7", 175 pounds work in this league? Yeah. It's just about heart, man. You got you to gotta be willing to stick your nose in it, run across the middle. Um, just do whatever it, it takes to help the team and get a win. man. I've been playing football since I was six years old, and this has been the only thing that I've wanted to do. Um, so now that everything's right here in front of me, man, I just want to take full uh, full advantage of that. So you've always been this way? You've always been this way in regard to how you approach the game and this fearless mentality? Man, if you check the tape from – I have tape from when I was playing flag football when I was seven years old. <laughs> it's been the same way since. <laughs> you know Love what? It. Look, as the world's worst Little League coach recently, I, I used to tell our team, because we go against some of these other teams, I'm like, okay, are they testing for HGH in this league? <laughs> right? I'd be like, hey, look, bigger isn't better, kids. Yeah. Better is better. Yeah. Go play better baseball. Yeah. That's got to be the mentality. Yeah. You can still be better despite your size, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just about making plays and when your number's called, just taking advantage of those opportunities. Um I don't know, man. You see lots of guys around the league that aren't big, that make plays. You got your Tyreek Hills. You got um, Darren Sproles. You got just guys back in the day that used to make plays, man, that, you know what I'm saying, you can't teach a football player how to play ball, man. They just have it. So, Craig, I, I was I was a fullback when I played, and I was only 222 pounds back mm-hmm. in an era when fullbacks were all 250 mm-hmm. pounds, yeah. man. I always wanted to be the guy that had the, the big butt, the big thighs, mm-hmm. and weighed 245 pounds. Oh, I, I had dreams of being that guy. Do you ever have dreams of being 6'4"? <laughs> Absolutely not. Man, I, I love the person that I am, the, the guy that I am off the field. 
and on the field, man. I've, I've been blessed in other areas. Um, clearly not height because I'm not that tall, but just other areas, man. Like, I feel like I can make somebody miss in a phone booth. I'm, I'm hard to tackle. Um, I have great hands. I'm just a dynamic player, and I feel like when I have the ball in my hands, people can see that. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to continue to show the world that, um, that I'm that type of player. Cardinals receiver Greg Dorch, our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Yet I remember you telling the media late in camp that you, quote, cut out the BS this offseason yeah. to try and maximize mm-hmm. your ability. What did you mean by that, and what was the plan in the offseason? What did you implement? Man, so I haven't seen my parents since Thanksgiving, so I didn't go back home. I'm from Richmond, Virginia originally. Um, I stayed here after the season um, and trained at a place called Elite U in Scottsdale. Um, and I literally haven't been back home to Virginia since Thanksgiving, wow, like wow. I said. Yeah, so wow. um, just, just I don't know, just buying in and just like this time that I have is so short. And I just want to maximize this time that I have. Um, and my, my mom and my dad, they understand that, like, if I can get like my dad came up to the game for the Chiefs this past weekend, so that was the first time I got to uh, see him. But I haven't seen my seen my mom since Thanksgiving, so um, I don't know. Just maximizing my opportunities and and eventually it'll all pay off. And they understand that like, this is my dream and I have to chase it. So I was just gonna say that, Greg. I mean, are you sitting around and you're thinking to yourself, man, I I am getting the opportunity right now and I am making the best of that opportunity right now and I could see myself playing for 10 12 years do you think like this do you allow yourself to think like this I definitely do I think it's important to think like that man I just try to think positive um of course as a human being we have thoughts that come into your head like what if you drop this pass will you get another chance will you you know I'm saying all of those thoughts come in but I just try to just clear my mind man and just think that it's football. I've been playing football, like I said, since I was six, seven years old. And, yeah, it's the NFL, but it's football at the end of the day. These guys put their cleats on the same way I put my cleats on. So it's football. Well, you didn't just make an impression on Cliff Kingsbury and the coaches. Here's A.J. Green when we were in Nashville after the joint practice against the Titans. A.J. Green. I tell everybody about Dorch, man. It's just like his feel for the game, his hands. His mentality every day is unmatched. It don't matter who you put. You put a first runner in front of him, we know what's going to happen. Like, he's going he's gonna to eat him up. Um, that's his mentality each day. So, Andy, Dorch, those guys, man, I go home and tell my wife every day about how, how they work, how they don't complain. They just come out there and work each day, man. That makes me want to work every day, you know what I mean? There's no wonder that Cliff Kingsbury, by the end of camp, called you and Andy Isabella the stars of camp, And I think sometimes, someday, it'll probably be the answer to a trivia question. How many times were you cut by NFL teams your first couple of years? So this is my fifth team uh, in four years, man. I've, I've been cut multiple times, and it sucks, but that's the reality of this game that I play. In the reality of that moment, how low was it a moment for you? How seriously did you contemplate whether you were going to go forward with yeah. football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got cut three times my rookie year. Um, and at that moment, I'm like, okay, uh, is football going to be over? I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I started pl- applying to regular jobs. Um, but, you know, God had something else in store. I, I I decided to take my talents, and I wanted to go play Canadian football because I was like, okay, maybe I won't get a shot in the NFL. But if I have crazy tape in the CFL, maybe I can work my way back to the NFL. So I wanted to do that, but God had other plans um, I sat at home the whole COVID year and got a call from Atlanta 
and they put me on their peace squad and then I spent some time with them all the way up to OTAs and then they cut me again and I was like okay yeah I'm definitely going to go CFL now because I just got cut again and then probably two days before I was about to fly off to Ham- the Hamilton Tigers um, the Arizona Cardinals called me Wow, that's great, man. Uh, So, so tell us now uh, about the opener because again, you were the Cardinals' leading receiver, seven grabs on nine targets. All of a sudden, you had a serious major role in that game plan. What were your takeaways after that game and and watching that film? Yeah, man, it was a blessing. Um, Like I said, this has been my dream to play in the NFL since I was a kid, man. It's just God is so good, man. Just just placing me here, like, he, it could have been anybody here, but it's me. And I just want to take advantage of that opportunity. But to get a chance to play against Kansas City and my homes, and they were just in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So just to go against that, my first ever career start, um, you just try not to get too high and then try not to get too low. Just stay in a happy medium level. And just remember, like I said, it's just football. And when the ball comes to you, make a play. What do you think are your strengths? You know, when I think of a receiver, I think of route running. Mm-hmm. I think of speed. I think of hands. I, I think of the brain. I think yeah. of those four things in particular. If you had to pick one, Greg Dorch, yeah, what would be your strength? Uh, I'd probably just say my my competitiveness. Like I'm I'm probably one of the biggest competitors. <laughs> If you ask anybody, I, I want to win in everything. And I think that just carries over to <laughs> so the way I play. So you went with your heart. Yeah, you I went with win. your heart. I want to it. win. I want to win. So That's bad. That's awesome. Yeah, so bad. You're wearing an Allen Iverson shirt right now. Isn't he from Richmond? He's from Virginia, he's right? From, he's, he's from Virginia. He's not from Richmond, where I'm from. But okay. he went to Bethel High School. Um, like I said, it's all, it's all Virginia. So um, we just rep each other. And AI is a GOAT, man. He's a GOAT in my town. So... This shirt's big for me. It makes sense. Allen yeah. Iverson was the best player on the floor. How many seasons in Orlando Giants in the NBA? Yeah. He's one, I mean, he's one of the all-time greats. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Much that, respect to him. That's great. Hey, here's our Cardinals season tickets are available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash season for more information. We'll continue with Greg Dorch, Cardinals receivers. Got to talk about the Raiders. Okay, what does week two mean? We know the stat out there. Not a single team over the last three years in the NFL that has started 0-2 has made the playoffs. All of a sudden, things are ratcheting up big time. We continue here on the Big Red Rage right after this. Chiefs come after Murray. Back to throw. Backpedaling. Lobs. Left corner of the end zone. A diving attempt by Hollywood Brown. And he's got it for a touchdown. It's a great throw by Kyler Murray. Backpedaling. Lobbing it to the left corner. Marquise Brown got under it. Made a nice catch for a Cardinals touchdown. We just got to execute. Play as a team. uh, Play for each other. It's not just one or two things. It's like a lot of things, you know. We're never perfect. You always can find rules and improvement and stuff we do well. I feel like we got to continue to do those things at a high level. That's Hollywood Brown, Cliff Kingsbury after the game, and I quote, we got to get better in a hurry. And it starts with practice, according to the head coach, and the sense of urgency. It is a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Greg Dorch, Cardinals leading receiver, game one against Kansas City. Our special guest, Ron Wolfley, yours truly, Paul Calvisi. And what was that film session like on Tuesday? I've heard various reports. And um, it was, uh, if nothing else, it was blunt and it was honest. A lot of the coaches, mm-hmm. a lot of the players have been very blunt this yeah. week, Greg. Yeah, that's what this business is, man. you got to be... 
you got to hold guys accountable, man. You got to be up front. Um, it's no sugarcoating it. Um, this is the NFL. So um, if you play like excuse my language, then it needs to be brought up so we can fix it. That's the only way we're going to get better is if we bring it up and we hold guys accountable and we just move on and um, try to get better. Greg, if you could, go ahead and talk a little bit about what you're seeing on tape in regard to the Las Vegas Raiders and their secondary specifically. Yeah, um, they're they're definitely a talented group, um, well-coached. Um, not going to lie, Chandler Jones is a problem. Uh, we, <laughs> we knew that when he was here, but yeah. just going back and watching the film and him and Max, um, they're filthy together. So that's going to be a challenge for us. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the fact the Raiders didn't get a single sack, that sort of belies the pass rush, doesn't it? Because yeah. I've heard several guys say that Chandler and Max yeah. Crosby brought a lot of pressure on Justin Herbert. Yeah, man, like I said before, much respect to Chan. When he was here last year, it was my first year here, but um, he's a great guy, um, locker room guy. Just Man, he's a, he's a great teammate, like one of those guys that you want in your locker room. Um, so I'm definitely excited to to go against him this year. Just watching tape again of the Raiders, when do they like to play man and when do they like to play zone? Yeah, they're they're definitely a man team on third down. Um, zones, first and second, um, but third down is when they like to, to get into their man coverages. How, how much of what happened against Kansas City was Kansas City and how much of it was the failings of the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I think it was half and half. They, they played really well, man. They came out and got after us early. Um, and it's hard to, when the team comes out high and they get after you early, man, it, it's hard to play catch up. So um, hats off to them. They play really well. And we know the urgency, the intensity, the energy has to ratchet up. Everyone agrees about that. But if there were one or two other things on offense that you think are most important here in week two, what would yeah. it be? Uh, starting fast um, and just being consistent. man. I feel like we had some good drives and then we would go flat and then have a good drive and then not capitalize. So just staying consistent and then starting fast. So, Greg, you're out there. Let's say you're split out wide and you're the single receiver to a side. Um, do you want that DB to walk up on you and play press? Please. You want press? <laughs> Please do that. You like that? Absolutely. Okay, uh, press man? Yes. <laughs> see now, see now, the dumb guy around here, like yours truly, right? I'd say, well, now wait a minute, you know, um, some of the receivers that are your size maybe wouldn't welcome yeah. that. You know, can you get off the press? Uh, your response would be, absolutely. Please walk up. That's that's <laughs> what I want, man. Because if you shoot your hands and you miss, then is, I'm gone. You know what so I'm saying? You, so, yeah, right. You think you're you're good at getting off man press? Absolutely. You that's, have to be. Yeah, yeah I feel right, like you have uh, to be. Yeah, no, I know. And especially with your speed, it's so dangerous yeah. for a corner to walk up over you and miss on that yeah. jam. <laughs> yeah. What does that come down to? Is that a skill on your part? Is that just a ferocity? Like, I've heard Steve Smith on NFL Network, yeah. an all-time great receiver who stood all of about five foot nine. He, he has really harped on some smaller receivers in the league for not getting off the press. Mm-hmm. But he never really explains what's the key. W- yeah. What is the key? Uh, it, it's It's about technique. It's about having a feel for what the DB is going to do, um, just being savvy, just adding your own little creativity to it. It's a lot that goes into it, man, to, to getting off of press coverage. But like I said before, if, if that DB walks up and he shoots his hands and I swipe it by and he misses, then I have a step over him and that's, that's ball game. That's all you need. Yeah.
Yeah. Listen, if we were going to take you, line you up with Andy Isabella and Hollywood Brown, and then we're going to tell you, come on, Wolf, go run a 40. (laughs) Who's winning, Brian? Uh, Okay, (laughs) I'm an honest guy, man. It depends on how far we're running. If we're we're 25 yards, I got it. If we're going 40, 45, 50, that's tough, Hollywood and uh, Andy. They're 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 longer. Yeah, they're longer. So you're saying you get you've got that yeah, burst. Yeah. You got that jet. Yep, yep. Yep. Everyone loves to ask that question now that Hollywood Brown is in camp. He yeah. he gets that basically every week. He got it last week, and that was exactly his answer. Yeah, is that he says, you know, let's run the forty, and then some guys are like, well, maybe we should change the distance, yeah. and so he's kind of, you know, it's, we can't forget about Rondell though. Rondell yeah. is oh, fast. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Rondell yeah. is fast. Now we yeah. got some guys that can go. Andre right. Batelia, he's a four-two guy. We got some guys, bro. Hmm. Well, and look, Cliff admits that he's still trying to figure out how to utilize all this speed. Yeah. When everyone gets healthy, how, what's that going to look like when D Hop gets back? Yeah. Okay, you know, but obviously the potential is there to have a lethal receiver room. Speaking of Hollywood Brown, he was talking to the media today, and our Jim Omohundro asked him uh, about you, and then we learned a little factoid we were not aware of. Greg Deutsch, he's a tremendous player. I, I met him because we came out together. He was my roommate at the combine. And from that point, I knew, you know, he had something in him. I can always tell. And, you know, he practiced like it. He plays like it. You wouldn't know he'd been through the things he went through, the way he carries himself. And I'm excited for the opportunity that he has. And I know he'll keep showing up. Be honest, well, how was he as a roommate? Just talking. Just <laughs> He was just more so wanting to showcase what he could do, like, I know I'm one of the best. He wanted to be able to show it, and, you know, he always had that chip on his shoulder. Yeah. So you That's showed funny. up in Indianapolis, and you went to your room, and, and your roommate was yeah. Marquise Hollywood yeah. Brown. I, I ain't going to lie. I was kind of, like, hype, but I was like, dang, they pair me with uh, Marquise Brown because I didn't know him at the time. You just hear about him on the TV. You see him on the TV, him in uh, K1. Yep. And I'm like, okay, Hollywood Brown, like, we're coming out together. <laughs> like, this is basically my competition, but now we're roommates. So, like, let me get to know this guy. And he was cool, man. It was it was really cool. We had a lot of things in common. Um, he's not he's not a big guy either. No, nope. no. He just plays with that swag, man. He's from Florida. You know what I'm saying? He he He's very confident in himself. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like I play the same way, too. So, we kind of could relate to that. So, Greg, uh, punt return or kickoff return? If you had to pick one, which one do you want to do and why? Uh, punt return. Why? Uh, I just feel like once you get past that first level, which is the gunners, then you got your your long snapper and your punter and those kind of bigger guys at that second level, and they can't run with me. So once I get past the gunners and that first level, then I feel like it's a lot easier. After you secure the punt and your eyes go back down to the field, is it in slow motion for you, or does it truly feel like what it looks like, and that is you're standing in the middle of a freeway overpass? Yeah, it's, it's definitely not. I could definitely see what you see. Like on film, it's like, oh, my God, all these guys running fast and running all these different places. But um, believe it or not, man, I have a gift, man. I, I get the ball, and I, I can kind of see where everybody is and um, just see the oh, numbers. Cool. I might have four guys on my right. I know we have a wall set up to my right, and if I can just outflank the four guys to my right, then I can score. Like, I can just see certain things, man, just starting one way and, and, and making them run to the left and then just shooting up through the middle, just just making guys do what I want them to do. Man, it's fun and it's exciting, but I've definitely been blessed. 
So special teams, near and dear to my heart, something I absolutely love because I think it captures the essence of the game. To be able to move your body and then just waylay somebody as hard as you possibly can. That is the game of football to me right there. You made one tackle (laughs) in your career. I got to ask you, what are the particulars on this one? Man, so this is my first game dressing as a Cardinal, I think, against the 49ers. Um, and coach is like, yo, I want you to run down there and play kickoff. <laughs> and I haven't played kickoff since high school, so I'm like, okay, I, I got you. Like, I, I want to play. So I, I go in there, and the guy that I tackled um, is Trent Cannon. He's, he actually went to Virginia, Virginia State. <laughs> um, we, we were teammates with the Jets. So I, kinda, I know this guy. Like, I know this guy. So I'm like, I'm about to tackle him. I know him. I'm about to tackle him. So I, I run down there and um, – where did they have you? Where, where, where was were you? The, L1? R1? I was the 5 or the 4? L5 the, or 4? What? You yeah. came down the tracks? Yep. Yep, and I made oh. a tackle. And yeah. I, believe it or not, man, when I made when I made that tackle, I his thigh pad like hit my helmet and I thought I was concussed. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, but I hopped I hopped right back up and I ran to the sideline. I didn't know that I made the tackle because he kind of like stumbled a little bit, but he fell. Um, but they gave me the tackle. So as you can, oh t- as you goodness. can tell, uh, with Wolf's enthusiasm and knowledge, he went to four Pro Bowls as a special teamer. So there you go. That's the yeah. line of questioning right there. Here's my question: As we wrap up this edition uh, with Greg Dorch here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, at least uh, this moment of the show, and that is, what has practice been like? Because Cliff Kingsbury cited that immediately mm-hmm. after the game that it needed to improve significantly. How have you found it this week? It's been very detailed. Um, just cleaning everything up guys have been locked in um communicating um it's it's been hot az's hot i'm not gonna lie but guys have definitely been locked in and um you can just tell man we want to win so i'm looking forward to the game on sunday um kyler went around the locker room after the game and sort of had a message for everyone. A couple guys said that he went around and said, hey, it's, you know, we we got this. It's yeah. just one game out of 17. Is a, Have you seen that enhanced leadership out of K-1? Yeah, absolutely, man. He, like I said before, just the communication aspect, um, just telling guys what he see um, so we can play off of that and, and just be better. Um, but, yeah, man, he's, he, K-1's a guy, bro. He's a, he's a guy that you want to play for. He's a quarterback. He's he's dynamic. He's explosive. Um he, he wants to win. He's super competitive, just like me. Um, and you want that as, as a quarterback. Man, I'll tell you what, Greg. Honestly, right now, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you a little bit. What was your high school experience like? Mm-hmm. What was how, how many sports did you play in high school? Yeah, so I, I played football for the most part. Um, I played basketball a little bit. Ran track for like one spring, and I hated it. Man, I, I, need, a, <laughs> I need a ball in my hand or to celebrate with teammates or something. Track was, like, just me, and it was just too much running, and I was like, yo, this is not for me. Um, I made the baseball team, but my dad said, no, we're not going to do that because um, I want you to focus on football. Um, So football was everything in high school to me, man. I I was a part of the first state championship team uh, in my high school, in high school history. Um, Ended up getting the offer my junior year, the, the summer of my junior year, um, and committed to Wake Forest. So I, I had already known where I was going to college. So everything was smooth, man. My senior year, we won the, won the state championship. Um, I knew where I was going to college. So it was just everything played out the way it was supposed to. 
It's funny, Hollywood Brown said you were the shining light coming out of Wake Forest, that you were the guy, you you, you were the lone playmaker mm-hmm. at, at Wake Forest. That you know. What's interesting is, didn't Trace McSorley, the backup quarterback on this team, didn't he win like three state titles in Virginia? Yeah, he did. We'd, I never got a chance to play him, but I heard about his team. Um, we would have whooped him. <laughs> yeah, hey, Greg. Hey, my brother, keep your eyes up to where your help comes from, my brother. And number two, stay humble, man, and you're going to have a 12-year career. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. We won't address how Wolf always privately wanted to be a Raider, but he never was. We're not going to talk about that this week, okay? We don't have time for that. When you come back on the team playing with a win, you can hit Ray Wolf up on that one, okay, Greg? Got you. Got you. All right, there you go. Greg Dorch, our special guest. We continue with a Big Red Rage after this, all presented by Santa. Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Carr claps his hands. Now gets the ball. Back to pass again. Fires towards the end zone. Adams diving grab for his first Raiders touchdown just inside the pylon. What a throw and catch. The Fresno connection works for the Raiders. The accuracy of Derek Carr pays off huge. Devontae Adams reaches out, great catch, balls across the goal line. Raiders Radio Network, Jason Horowitz, Lincoln Kennedy, Devontae Adams, just 17 targets in his debut with the Raiders, reunited with his former college quarterback, Derek Carr, from the Fresno State days. And Wolf, did it come at the expense of other targets? You're darn tuned it did. Hunter Renfro didn't even get a target in the first until like midway through the third quarter. Darren Waller only got three targets through the first three quarters. So it was the Devontae Adams show as they suffered a loss in their debut as well. Week one against the Chargers. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. The original Thursday night football. Cardinals and Raiders here in week two. And, and we mentioned the stat, and really it's all you need to know about the Cardinals' loss in week one against KC when the Chiefs had 33 first downs in 66 plays. Mm. And because of that, I've seen several of these fantasy football forecasts that have Devontae Adams as your number one pick to play this week because of the Cardinals' D and his ability as a receiver. Yeah, and you can see why that would be the case, Paulie. But, you know, it's amazing. For me, it's always going to start on the line of scrimmage. It truly is. We're where it really got sideways for the Arizona Cardinals defensively was when the Kansas City Chiefs could line up and run the ball, and run the ball they did, and they did it very, very well because that opened up the entire playbook. We talked a little bit about it in the first beautiful part of the program, but I can tell you right now, that is not what you want as a defensive coordinator. For Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to have the entire offensive playbook at their disposal. It Listen, it's it's got to be something that they address this weekend as well with the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is 5'10 and 220 pounds. You ever try to tackle a dude 5'10, 220, Paul? It hurts. Uh, and he'll fight you. He's like a Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to fight you. He is not going down with arm tackles. Nope. You're going to find out right away if the Cardinals are ready to tackle. Yeah, Paulie, and again, that's what they have to do. I think defensively, they have to. They have to make Derek Carr one-dimensional. Now, I know everyone says, why do you want him one-dimensional? Well, for you kidding? That's all they're going to do is sit there and throw? Well, listen, if they've got the entire playbook, just like Patrick Mahomes at their disposal, it makes them ten times harder to stop overall. And it always comes back to points. How many points are you going to give up? And that means you got to play well in the red zone, too. 
And it all starts with communication and getting lined up. Yes. I mean, look, the quote of the week to me is Nick Vigil when he told the media to even have a chance in this league, everyone has to be on the same page, quote, end quote. Yep. Meaning there were alignment issues. There were assignment errors. Vance Joseph today with the media was pretty much in the Will Ferrell trust tree. He was very blunt, and he said, among other things, quote, it was more the operation than it was effort or anything else. We just didn't play fast. We couldn't get lined up. The calls were coming out slow. We didn't play clean enough, and they did. So that has to change, Wolf. I mean, yeah. and, and if it means you have to change who's wearing the green dot, if it means you have to change your processes and, and the operation that Vance <laughs> right. Joseph refers to, yes. you, you can't afford those kind of mistakes against this Raiders offense. No, you're right about that, Paulie. Uh, this, this Raiders offense is so dynamic. You know, everyone knows about Devontae Adams. Uh, everyone understands. Derek Carr, I get it. Um, Josh Jacobs, you know, but Darren Waller is a guy. You know, Hunter Renfro. I mean, all these names, all the talent. But to me, Darren Waller, that is the guy that I'm really, really worried about. I know everyone is worried about Devontae Adams, and rightfully so. I understand why that is the case. But to me, Darren Waller is is one of the best tight ends in the game and a guy that um, could exploit a mismatch, well, and it happened last week. Yes, and Vance Joseph said Isaiah Simmons was drafted to cover the tight end. So based on that comment today, we're expecting Isaiah Simmons to be on Darren Waller here on Sunday. As for Devontae Adams, here's the Cardinals' defensive coordinator. He is probably the best route runner in the league. And outside of Diggs and Buffalo, I mean, he is a special player. Those kind of guys win their one-on-ones. So if you want one-on-one for 10 plays, he'll probably win seven. So having a plan to get him stopped and get him doubled from time to time is going to be critical. He had 17 targets last week. He caught 10 for 141. That's a lot of balls. So... It's going to be a tough task to get him contained. And, and, and I say contained, not stop, because, I mean, you don't stop those guys, you contain them. So hopefully we can. And obviously, hopefully you're going to have J.J. Watt. Once again, he, he, he sounded today like he's tracking a play. Hopefully you can get to the quarterback. Cardinals didn't have any sacks. And then speaking of getting to the quarterback, did you hear Greg Dortch when we brought up the Raiders' wolf? Yes. His first comment was, and I quote, Chandler Jones is a problem. Paulie. But, That was after I asked him about the secondary, Paul. Yes. Remember I asked him about, talk to me about the secondary of the Raiders. And he went, his mind went to the pass rush. Unbelievable. So just the amount of pressures that the Raiders between Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, they got last week on Justin Herbert, even though they didn't get to him and bring him down, it's really a credit to the Chargers quarterback. So, And speaking of Chandler Jones, oh, one of the great personalities in recent memory and one of our favorite all-time guests in the Big Red Rage. Do you remember the time, Wolf, a couple of years ago when Chandler decided oh, no. to imitate you? Oh, no. By the way, Chandler Jones, do you prefer Sack Master, you know, Sack Man, or maybe Wolf's Back Waxer? What, what do you prefer? What is the proper title? <laughs> Wait, before I tell you my preference, can I impersonate him really fast? Oh, no, no, Absolutely. no. Absolutely. not Chandler Jones, a Ph.D. in back waxing. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Really I sound just like him. Chandler I sound just awful. It was awful, but, man, was it entertaining. <laughs> I mean, it really. The professor Paul. I mean, 
Just was, watching them on tape, it truly is incredible watching these guys rush the passer. It's amazing. Asking Greg Dorch about the secondary. Talk to me about the secondary of the of the Raiders, and he goes to the edge. Yeah. I mean, what, Paul? Yeah. What have you ever seen a receiver do that? I wrote it down, and 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 and, and I, I mean, his eyes got big, and <laughs> and the way he said it too, he was so emphatic. Chandler Jones is a problem. End of sentence. I mean, that's it, just so. Polly, it's so they, amazing too. Yeah, and I just want to look for this on Sunday, Polly. Max Crosby. I mean, Chandler Jones is the most unorthodox pass rusher, maybe in the history of the NFL. Max Crosby on the other side, he has three moves, and they each come off each other, Polly. He's got the get the edge, get up the field, get the edge. He's got an explosive first step, get up the field, get the edge. He's got that move. And then he's got the inside move off getting up the edge, then come underneath. And then he's got the Euro spin. Get up the field, fake inside, and then spin out, and it's almost unblockable, Paul. Those three moves that is his pass rush. Yeah, the Chargers could not run the ball. They, they had 2.5 yards of carry. Uh, Max Crosby himself had 10 tackles, 8 on run plays. <laughs> they say his motor, I talked to guys, Wolf, in there, they say his motor is second to none. They yep. said in the fourth quarter he was still running around the field, just doesn't take a play off. So that Cardinals O-line, the entire offense, the entire team's going to have to take a big step from week one to week two. There's no doubt about it. Hey, special thanks, Greg Dorch, our guest, to Jim Alejandro. Thank you, Lauren, Co- Lauren Coble. Thank you. For Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray. You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.